was the first person to give God a name? The answer may surprise you. Welcome to the God's Word Gives Hope podcast, where we are passionate about connecting His Word to your life. This podcast provides opportunities to further feed your soul or simply be replenished by listening. We are glad you're here. Welcome back to God's Word Gives Hope. I'm Amy. And I'm Janae. So Janae, you have a webinar coming up. Tell us a little bit about that. Okay, well, if you struggle with feeling guilty from saying no, or you feel out of control with your life right now, maybe you are frustrated a lot or even feel have feelings of resentment, those can all be signs that you might be interested in my webinar. Take your life back, when and how to draw the line. It's about boundaries. And all the information is on my website, janeeshatleycamp.com. So go check it out. It sounds very practical, like something that you can put in place in your life. And I know I've already bought my ticket. And Uh so I hope our listeners will join me. I don't think I included that it's November 16th. So yes. Perfect. So before we get started today, we just want to say thank you to everyone who participated in our $100 Amazon giveaway for the celebration of our birth anniversary. Um, We appreciate the reviews that were left. They meant a lot to us. There's just some really kind words. And You guys just don't know what that encouragement does, but we also know it helps get God's word to more people. So if you hadn't had a chance yet, it's still helpful, even though there's not a giveaway, (laughs) it's still really valuable. Um, So we're starting our new series today called Know Who You Follow. And we're gonna be looking at different characteristics of God each week for this four-part series. And we truly believe this will help you in your everyday life. Stick around till the end, and we'll let you know what the characteristic we are talking about next week is, but let's get started with this week's focus. All right. Well, this, uh, the characteristic of God that we're going to be talking about today comes out of the book of Genesis. And so just a little bit of background, Um, it's a part of the story of Abraham and Sarah, and Abraham has had that promise that he is going to have enough descendants that a whole nation is going to be birthed out of his descendants. But there was one problem. Abraham and Sarah were old and they didn't have any children and they were like too old to have children. So they thought they would help God out, right? And um, Sarah had a servant named Hagar and Sarah's servant Hagar slept with Abraham because that's what they wanted. And it worked. Hagar became pregnant. But then suddenly, Regret set in, and Sarah decided it was not a good idea after all. Abraham tells her to do whatever she wants. Um, Hagar is her servant, and Sarah sends her on her way. They have like a little thing, and Hagar's out. So we pick back up um, with verse 7 in Genesis chapter 16. The angel of the Lord found Hagar beside a spring of water in the wilderness, along the road to Shur. The angel said to her, Hagar, Sarah's servant, where have you come from and where are you going? I'm running away from my mistress, Sarah, she replied. Then the angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit to her authority. Then he added, I will give you more descendants than you can count. And there's more in there. I'm going to skip down into verse 13, but about that promise there that God gives her. Verse 13, thereafter, Hagar used another name to refer to the Lord who had spoken to her. She said, you are the God who sees me. She also said, I have truly seen the one who sees me. Well, there is a lot to unpack 
era, where do we start? Since we're focusing on a characteristic of God, we're going to leave the Abraham and Sarah part kind of to the side because we're talking about the God who sees us. But first, let's start with verse eight. It says, the angel of the Lord found her. So who is that? So a little bit of Bible trivia, a lot of times when it mentions the angel of the Lord and this being shows up and then pronounces things that will happen in things that only God can control, like descendants, that is actually a pre-incarnate Jesus showing up on the scene. So Hagar, who is a slave and is, is off on her own, God doesn't just send like a lackey hey, go see if she's okay, what's going on here? No, he, Jesus himself, shows up and meets her where she is. And then, just like Jesus likes to, he asks two questions. Hagar, Sarai's servant, where have you come from and where are you going? I love that. I love that. Um, You know, this right along the line with Jesus, he was very much a question asker, but why do you think he asked these two questions? Well, I think those points really matter. It's where have you come from? As in, who are you? Who have you been? How do you see yourself? What has impacted your life that's brought you here? He's interested in her story. I love that. The God who sees us is not looking from a distant. He's not a distant observer. He is right in the mess, Mm -hmm. right there with us. And he wants to listen to us like a really good friend, you know? Even though God already knows the answer, he knows what you're going to say, he knows it's important for Hagar to process this. And so, listener, where have you come from? How do you see yourself? God is interested in you telling him your story. He wants to hear your heart. Mm, And can we just stop and think about Hagar's story from her perspective for a second? Because she is a slave. Like her whole life is determined and dictated by the whims of other people. She does not have control. And then she gets pulled into something that has nothing to do with her. Abraham and Sarah sin in not believing God. And sin, it never happens in a vacuum. When we sin, it bleeds all over the people around us. And she is caught up in somebody else's choice. She's forced to sleep with her old master. Like, there's a lot of things I like to say there I'm not going to, but it's (laughs) awful. Um, And then she gets pregnant and maybe just maybe life's going to start to look a little different. But now there's jealousy and difficulty and she's still owned by Sarah. Sarah wants to throw her away. And so Abraham says, go ahead. And that's where we see her story. So if it was me, listener, if it was you, and every aspect of your life was out of control, every single thing was hard, who would you say you were? Would you even feel like God cared or saw you at all? Wow. I mean, and I think it's super important for us to address that. We need to know where we've come from because in order for us to open ourselves up, to the second question of how God sees us, um, it's important for us to address, acknowledge, confession and truth-telling is such a part of our relationship with God and being honest of how we feel about where we come from and how, how we see that. Well, the second question is just as engaging as the first, and that is, where are we going That is a directional question, and God is interested in where we see ourselves heading. Who are we becoming? 
He wants to speak his love and his perspective into our identity if we will let him. Yes, and where we're going, we're not talking about just where our feet are taking us, right? This is about the person that God is sanctifying us to be. So listener, do you have a view of who God is calling you to be right now? Where are you heading? Is God guiding you in that direction or are you driven by your own will? That's a question I think we all have to struggle with all the time. That's a battle I feel like I'm facing every single day right now in this season. I have to release my hold on my desires about everything about my life right now. Where I want to live is a huge piece of that. But I want God to be the one that is guiding me to where I'm going. And I don't know, this point kind of stood out to me like, he sends her back. Like he does not magically provide her a new family to join. Like I'm going to make your son the father of descendants. Yeah. He doesn't give us the answer that, uh, you know, that probably was ideal or what she was hoping. No, that if she was praying for something, I guarantee you, it was not return back to Abraham and Sarah, but he met her in her circumstances, not outside or around them. Yes. And it also conveys to us the importance of relationship and others. It's not just about us, Mm. but it is about others as well and how it all weaves together and that he wants healing and he had a purpose in her going back. Um, We've got to be willing to do what he asks of us, Um, but he sees us and he's not going to abandon us. Well, let's zero in a little bit more on that characteristic of God that he sees us. In verse 13, I just want to reread it. Thereafter, Hagar used another name to refer to the Lord who had spoken to her. She said, you are the God who sees me. She also said, have I truly seen the one who sees me? Let's just talk about that for a minute. The power of this characteristic, the power of the creator of the universe, right now currently, 8 billion people on the planet. Amy. God sees you. He sees me. Listener, he sees you. Out of all of those people, he sees us individually. He sees us right now. How do we let this impact us, the truth of this characteristic, um, and, and let it speak into our situation? As we've been talking about this, I just am thinking of a dear friend who is dealing with very significant medical issues and the power of knowing that in the midst of the excruciating pain and the struggle that she is walking out, that God sees her. Um, It's easy to feel like we're alone when those hard times hit. It's easy to feel alone when we struggle, especially when it's a circumstance we have no control over. I'm thinking about war and hardship that's happening all around the world. And there are days where I want to scream like, God, do you see this? Do you see this? Right. And he does. And I have to dwell in the knowledge that God sees and that he cares and that he shows up in the midst of it, maybe not in the way that I would like, but his ways are beyond my understanding and my imagination. So listener, if you are in the haze of hurt and difficulty, can you see that God sees you? That question she says, have I seen the one who sees me? Can we see? the one who sees us because he has not left us to suffer alone. He is meeting us in the middle of our wilderness. Uh, That's powerful. Um, I know when I was writing the blog and preparing for our discussion, one morning I decided I asked myself this question, 
How do I let this impact me, the fact that God sees me and and allow that to speak into my current situation? But before I had a chance to answer, God answered it for me. In my spirit, he told me, he said, you don't, you don't think I see you. And um, as I alluded in the blog, I, I was convicted that my prayers were coming from that angle. I was coming from an angle that I was trying to get God's attention, almost like fit throwing, you know, hey, look at me, I'm hurting, all these things are happening, more like a toddler, you know, throwing that fit, rather than an heir, Mm. a child of God who has privileges and power at my discretion. That's good. Um, So as I began to process more from a perspective that, okay, God sees me, he sees this, um, I began to experience more peace. And I, for the first time in in a whole new way, I felt like I was resting in him. You know, there was that peace that flooded in, but then I was like resting in him and it, it, there was a shift for me. I love that. And I think we have to stop and reorient our view to see the one who sees us in the midst of all those hard things. And, you know, Hagar has another piece of her story that we need to continue to address. And this happens later. So she's, she's had Ishmael, her son. And this is like same song, second verse, but this time it's Abraham throwing her out. And it says in Genesis twenty one fifteen. When the water was gone, so she's out again in the midst of the the wilderness. When the water was gone, she put the boy in the shade of a bush. Then she went and sat down by herself about 100 yards away. I don't want to watch the boy die, she said as she burst into tears. My heart just breaks for this mom. Mm. Um, Mm. But God heard the boy crying, and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven. Hagar, what's wrong? Do not be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Go to him and comfort him, for I will make a great nation from his descendants. Then God opened Hagar's eyes, and she saw a well full of water. And she quickly filled her water container and gave the boy drink. Hagar seems to forget what she was told the first time that she was kicked out and struggling in the wilderness. So again, she feels alone and helpless. And we witness God seeing Hagar again and she and reminds her of his promise. Yes. And it's so good to remember the power of defeat that comes when we forget what God has promised us. And when we forget that God sees us, we can get so wrapped up in our pain that we are blinded like Hagar. And let's give the girl some slack though. She was in a very tough place. But her pain, and I think we experience the same thing, made her forget the truth that God sees her and that he had a purpose and a plan for her. He had already shared that the first time around. And so God is reminding her. So listener, God sees you and he has a purpose and he has a plan for you. Hagar had what she needed, but she didn't even see it. Because in verse 19, that's what's one of the things that just jumped out at me is that then God opened Hagar's eyes 
and she saw a well full of water. It doesn't say God created a well full of water or gave her a cistern of water or something. It says he opened her eyes. So God has a well full of water for us. He sees us. And what we need to maybe do is ask him to open our eyes to see what we need to see. What are we missing? Is there something we're missing? Oh gosh, that's so good. And just to add one more little power punch to this idea that God saw Hagar and he sees us, Hagar names God. And this is a big deal because until this time, God had been the one naming himself when he's interacting with people, sharing about who he is. But Hagar, this little one, this insignificant person to so many, had the honor of being the first person to name God. Talk about knowing that you have been seen. Yes, and not to pull the female card, but I just, I'm gonna throw that out there that she was a woman. And I feel like as women, there are a lot of times where we feel not seen. Mm. We've said the thing in the meeting, but then someone else brings it up later and that's suddenly a great idea. Just kind of, you know, we're not heard, we're not seen. But God sees us, and this is powerful. Um, Well, during this series, we want to leave you with an open-ended sentence for you to finish. So, listener, here is the sentence we want you to think about throughout the week. Because I know you are a God who sees me, in faith, I will. I love this discussion and I'm looking forward to next week's characteristic about how God is ever present. Remember, check out Janae's webinar on her website. If you haven't had a chance to review God's Word Gives Hope, even though the giveaway's over, it still matters and we appreciate every single one. Now I'm gonna leave you with a few verses from Psalm 121. He who watches over you will not sleep or slumber. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. Thank you for listening to our podcast. To go deeper with the blog, visit godswordgiveshope.com. For more information on coaching with Janae, visit janaeshatleycamp.com. And to partner with us to help make God's Word Gives Hope possible, visit our website and click the Give button.